2: Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, daily Premier League news, whenever and wherever you want it, via whatever podcasting system you use. There's loads going on on today's podcast. Granite Zaka has been stripped of his Arsenal captaincy after the cupping his ears to the fans' gate in the Crystal Palace game. That's just the tip of Arsenal's problematic iceberg, though. Suns' red card following the Andres Gomez injury at the weekend has been overturned, which means that a red card confirmed by VAR and ratified by the Premier League has now been overturned by a fourth level of approval. Probably the right call at the end of the day, but a crazy precedent to set. And we're going to be talking and getting all excited about the Champions League last night and tonight, particularly Chelsea's swashbuckling display against Ajax. Whisper it quietly, but the Blues could be the most entertaining Premier League team right now. I'm Jim Salverson. Marley Anderson is on duty today alongside Stefan Armstrong. We good, boys? Hello, Hello. yeah. Yeah, really oh, good. Good, good. good, good. So How was your holiday, Jim? Very good, thanks. Good, man. It feels like a distant memory now. The Manchester weather has faded my tan dramatically. Oh, I look at the same no. color. Every podcast I went away. this
0: week is going to start with
2: Jim. How was your holiday? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Everyone's missed me, it. it feels nice. Right, here's the question I'm going to well, kick on going. How do you solve a problem like Granite Jacker? Sack him. Well, that's pretty much what's there. Happened. You go. Does that's it feel th- like an extreme reaction? So, the incident yesterday is that the club announced that the Swiss midfielder was going to be stripped of his Arsenal captaincy after an
1: incident in the club's 2-2 draw with Palace. Essentially, Te- is that, is technically play- what what he said was that he's going to be relieved of his duties from the captain's group, yeah, what, what, which is even what more is pathetic. A captain's group it's in pathetic. the first place? I've no idea what a captain's group is. It makes no
2: sense to me. So he's been... I think it's the, it's the five admins of the group WhatsApp. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's had the armband taken away. Essentially what happened was he was subbed during that game. He was having a terrible game, yeah. which is kind of a trademark performance from Granit Xhaka. He As he walked off the pitch, the Arsenal fans gave him pelters. <clears throat> he cupped his ear to the fans, kind of going, come on. I think he told them to do one as well in slightly more industrial language. influence Swiss. Yeah. And everyone got a little bit upset about the whole thing. But does stripping him of the captaincy feel like the right decision here for them, the club?
0: I think so. I Why? Think,
2: I don't get this. Because
0: there, there's no way of coming back from that. When you give your own fans... I know they were giving him stick, and, mm. I, and I do genuinely feel sorry for him because... I
1: think it's about time somebody gives Arsenal fans a Yeah, they you know deserve I mean? it. Come on, Jacque. <laughs> I think it's great what he's done.
0: Yeah, I, I think he was within his rights to do what he did, but also you can't do it and expect to remain as captain of that football club. I
2: mean, he's the wrong man to be captain of that football club in the first place. Well,
0: yeah, that, this is this is the whole thing. It goes so much deeper than... This, like he's the wrong captain. It the captaincy group is wrong. The the <laughs> the fact that you're subbing your captain when it's two two is wrong. Mm. Uh The fact that he told them all to where to go is wrong. The fact that he he cupped his ear and took his shirt off and stormed down the tunnel that's wrong. So from top to bottom, the
2: whole thing. It seems like mess. a massively extreme reaction to take the
1: captaincy away from him for.
2: Well, I don't... I mean, I, I look it, it, at it, it happens all the time. In it's football, a power kind of struggle. Thing.
1: It's just Arsenal's one constant power struggle. I'm mm. amazed that we're still talking about Granite Xhaka in this, this incident. It didn't seem like that big a thing, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, exactly. But but it, it's all part of a, a larger power struggle. I mean, I don't think he'll be there for very long. I don't think Emery's going to be there for very long. Mm. I mean... If I was Mourinho, I'd be saying, ooh, who am I going to choose as my captain, (laughs) not as my captain's group? We're going to come on to Jose Mourinho and the potential of him sitting in the Arsenal dugout very
2: soon. But this decision to take the captaincy away from Zaka is a massive change in how the club has reacted over the last, what, two weeks is it now? Two weeks ago did it happen? Uh, Yeah, it was like a week it's about ten days now, isn't so it? So originally, all the players came out and said we still want him to be our captain. We want him to stay in the role. Did they? Yeah, there was a public announcement from the players. The club offered
1: him counselling and seemed to be. <laughs> but but yeah. what, what, what's all this about? Like this is this is madness. That, that, is, that is mental. That is mental.
0: That's more of like a token <laughs> a token gesture though, because like as, as I said to Phil last week, um, you know. <laughs> If you do something wrong in your job, I, do you get sixty thousand people calling you all kinds of stuff and saying, I'm gonna kill you, you Swiss or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? And he's like, Yeah, suppose not. Like you might get one or two people calling him a, a divvy or whatever it is, but And different people. You do have to look after your, your players in that sense. So mm. he was offered counselling. He probably wouldn't have took it. He probably wouldn't have needed it. He's probably quite happy to sever his ties and, and for look for a move in January or, or the summer. That feels so. like
2: the way it's going. It feels like he's now going to leave the club, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't see why
0: why stay. What's the point? Like, the fans don't like him because he's not good enough. Or they think he's not good enough. And they've probably got a point. And then he's done this. So, like, it's just it's two massive nails in the coffin. Mm. He's also He's got to win them round Normally, the way you'd win, rounds, win fans round is by playing well, and he hasn't. They judge him to have not played well for two or three years, however long he's been there now. Yeah. So it's like an unwinnable situation. So, the best thing in football <laughs> you can do is just say, right, I'm going to go somewhere to, else and go where I'm appreciated.
1: To be fair to his record, though, he's taken them to. Two finals, I think, since he's been there, or three finals since he's been there. They've won an FA Cup against Chelsea the year what, before. What? Just granite Jacker? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but, a but of if, a if, if, if he's if he's the captaincy figure, then that that's, that well, shows cap- leadership, but doesn't there's it? have to get group to finals. Flow, yeah, there's a captaincy group, but it, the whole thing is just. It's just it's just madness it's to be just, honest, and it's a and, mess, and and it doesn't even matter because none of them are going to be there soon. Within the next six months, within the next year, mm. they're not. You know, mm. Emery's gone. He's gone. Half of our Arsenal team will get overhauled, so... Aubameyang's
2: been made the new captain who feels like a safer choice, if nothing else, because he is the... Is he, is he a leader on the pitch, though? I don't think it matters as a captaincy anymore. It's a figurehead role, being a captain, isn't it? There isn't...
1: You don't... There are very
2: few Roy Keens, for example,
1: now I don't, I don't think the you need to be a Roy Keen, through. but I think, I, think, I think you need to be on the forefront of everything on the pitch if you're a captain still.
0: I think if you don't have a genuine, like, hard man leader, like, Jacko was that kind of hard man we called him on the podcast last week like a cartoon uh, hard man or playground <laughs> a playground bully kind of thing if you don't have that type of captain then the most sensible choice is just pick your best player mm. all right pick up bamyang you're not going to you're not going to sub him off when you're
2: losing you're not going um, to like he's sports. not going to be Harry Kane, isn't it? yeah best player simple as you mentioned Jose Mourinho potentially coming to in, into the Arsenal job. He's been seen in the crowd. The club have denied they've I'd had love any contact with it. Jose Mourinho whatsoever. They've denied that Emery is under pressure in his job, which pretty much means they're just waiting for the ink to dry on the contract <laughs> before they officially announce it. I think that's a bonkers decision.
1: I just can't see Jose Mourinho and Arsenal being a good oh, fit. I think, I think it's a lovely twist in this fascinating <laughs> tale called football. It's mental. Um, it kind of makes sense. He lives in London. He um he knows the Premier League very well. I think I think he could be. But what are you? So if you're going to go, what are the three pillars of Arsenal? From the outside looking
2: in, you go. These are the three things I know about Arsenal Football Club. One, they like to bring new young talent through. Two, they're financially quite astute when it comes to the transfer market. Three, they like to play free-flowing attacking football. Those three
1: things are like Jose Mourinho's kryptonite. Yeah, the three things he hates. But I almost don't care about any of that. (laughs) Just just to see it would be brilliant. And I know it just costs so many, so much fun, so many stories. <laughs> I, I don't really care about any of that. And oh, I think you've just given three of about
0: 3,865 reasons why Mourinho won't go to Arsenal. Do you Do not think it will happen? No. Uh, Bayern Munich. No, no, Imagine it's, by it's, Munich. Even
2: if he was going to take the job just to really annoy Arsene Wenger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, it would be the ultimate troll move, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all the stuff you said over the years about Arsenal and... I know it was mainly sort of aimed at Wenger and and what have you, but I don't really think. I just can't see it. Like even for Mourinho, it's too it's too silly. Apparently, he's been learning uh, learning German as well, so he's he's been heavily linked with the um, with the Bayern job. Yeah. And also, so ironically, talking about Arsenal and Mourinho and Wenger, Wenger has also been linked with it, and he said he wants it. Um, and so is the Ajax manager Eric Ten Hag as well. So it seems to be between them three. He turned he turned so, it
1: down yesterday. To, he said, "I can't leave Ajax this year." Good. So I
0: like, I but, love this Ajax team. We'll talk about them in, mm, in a later on. Of course,
1: yeah. But, but c- coming back onto Mourinho at Arsenal, I think for all those reasons that he just said, they're the reasons why they need somebody like a Mourinho going in there just to change everything because mm-hmm. the the same problems that kind of Wenger had for his last like seven or eight years. Emery has continued with. We need somebody completely opposite, a different kind of mentality to go in there. Does, yeah. anyone, does anyone ever really need Jose Mourinho? Yeah, <laughs> they do. We do. <laughs> He's the most successful manager of the last twenty years, perhaps. Like, of course, they need needed. I think Mourinho trying to
0: park the bus using Mustafi, David Luiz, ah. Chambers, and Holding <laughs> would be like sticking, you know, like a a sticking plaster over a, a
2: gaping wound. Nah,
1: he 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 would he'd be brilliant there. Arsene, I, think, Arsene, I think that'd be great.
2: Arsenal, of course, in action this afternoon. Randomly, they'll kick off about four o'clock or something like that. playing in Portugal, Vitória SC. The opposition. Loads of the first team have been left behind. Callum Chambers, David Luiz, Abami Yang, as well has been left behind, but you'd still fancy with the young players that Arsenal. Who's got to be the still captain fancy tonight then. To Do a job. I think, well, someone they'll randomly select someone from the WhatsApp group. Yep, there's a, there's a Tom like Bowler. A, yeah, But you'd still fancy Arsenal to go through that game, wouldn't you, with the likes yeah. of Joe Wilcock and Saka and Reese Nelson and yeah, whoever they've, else. They've, they've been very on. good
0: in Europe and quite exciting. And Vittoria, for want of a better phrase, just aren't very
2: good. Yeah, I think that sums it up nicely. The other news from yesterday, just after the podcast recorded, was that Tottenham's Son Heung-min has had his red card overturned. He was sent off after the challenge led to Andre Gromis' horrible... Injury in the Everton game. I think most people would agree that having the red card rescinded is the right call there. It didn't really look like a red card in the first place. You could argue for it, but common sense would say it was mostly the emotion around the event that led to the red card. We talked about that at length on the podcast yesterday. But the events that have led up to this rescinding are slightly farcical, as I mentioned, at the top of the show. So the red card was presented to him by the referee under pressure and under intense emotional strain that seemed to be the surrounding the injury because it was a horrific injury. Mm-hmm. VAR then looked at the incident and confirmed it was a red card. Yeah. Then the Premier League, after the game, released a statement supporting the decision that it was a red card based on the extent of Gomez's injury, which isn't a rule in football. It never has been a rule in football. Yeah. Finally, the independent panel that looks at such things yesterday overturned that decision. We've yes. got four levels of confirmation and analysis of a decision here. I mean, the next step is it goes to Parliament to be debated or something like that. It's <laughs> yeah, because they're not that, doing that anything else. Much, in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a farcical situation, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Um, to be honest, the thing, that, the thing that confused me was when it came out and it said um, an independent panel has found him uh, that it wasn't a red card. Hmm. An independent panel has overturned it. Like, what? What's, the the independent it, what's, it, what's it it's got to do part, with an independent fan? It's, it's still part of the Premier League, isn't it? I, well, I don't know. Like, Surely it's the FA's decision. And then they said they've backed it. So I thought, oh, well, that's the end of it. Mm. Um, and then they've just... I don't know. I don't but know if you're gonna, Where does it go next? What, like you, like what, you say, yeah.
2: Parliament is it a court of arbitration <laughs> for sport. How far do you take this thing? <laughs> what gets me is if you're going to have this VAR system <laughs> that everyone's upset about oh, and that slows the game it. down, you it. shouldn't then be able to, I mean that shouldn't be able to be it's, referred
1: elsewhere. Surely that is the final say. This mm. this is the exact problem with VAR. It's just referees checking referees, checking referees, checking referees. Mm. I hate it. It's boring. The referee got it spot on to begin with. He gave him a yellow card. Then VAR, well, he, he didn't give me a yellow card. He was about to show me a yellow yeah. card. Okay, well the yellow card it, the yellow card was in his hand yeah. for how many minutes? So go go with go with your initial um got reaction. Yeah. VAR for what something that isn't goal line or a clear offside or something like 100%. that 100% the, the, these things which they're all subjective subjective things should not go to the yeah, I hate that ruins the sport I hate it bang on right we're going to take
2: a little of br- a break on Football Social Daily be back shortly we're talking about the Champions League and Chelsea's stunning game against Ajax Football Social Daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. If you like this and you want more from Sports Social, you can try our Amazon Alexa skill, which you will find containing daily news bulletins for whichever team you support in the Premier League. Open it. All you need to do is just ask your Alexa to open Sports Social and play your latest team news. Give it a go this weekend after the games. There are match reports available an hour After the final kick of the game But let's talk about the Champions League It's not often I get excited about the Champions League It has little relevance to me being a West Ham fan But (laughs) Chelsea, what a game They played out last night In the competition versus Ajax A game that I think yesterday on the podcast we predicted would be very cagey and low scoring, which turned out to be exactly the opposite. <laughs> we always get it right, don't yeah, no, we? Yeah. Who was it that said that? Um, I think it was Niall and Phil, Jesus, both agreed in unison. Brilliant, what? brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> two of the most
0: attacking young sides in well, Europe. it
2: was 1-0 in Ajax, so to be fair to them, you can kinda see where they're coming from. Eight goals, two red cards, two penalties, two game, own eh? goals. Just needed a dog on the pitch for the full house. It was such a good game.
0: <laughs> yeah, great game. Um, I seen this morning that Dusan Tadic uh, did an interview straight after the game and it was one of them classic like fully emotional interviews where he was just like the referee absolutely robbed us mm. of the because that decision I think it was 4-1 and then Daily Blind um, He,
2: I think he shoulder barge I think it was Pulisic it was 4-2 four, uh, four for the red cards, yeah, four two at that stage was it, right? And then both centre backs for Ajax got sent off, yeah. <laughs> which is that was mad. Which is always that always so Quick yeah. as well, that was, that, that was mad. That's where it changed. And um,
0: like, fair play to Chelsea for coming back. It was it was a fantastic game. Mm. Um, but to be fair to Ajax, that decision was was horrific. Like to even to then send the second centre back off as well. It was apparently for dissent, but also there was a handball as well. Like, because when the player carried yeah. on, he handballed it, and then the referee brought it back for the original foul on Pulisic from Blind or or Abraham from Blind, because because he, he got them both in like. I didn't think he could. Second. You could
1: punish like have a double punishment like that in football. I thought it went with the first. So that's um, the first foul, that, and that was the one. That was go for. the
0: the source of the frustration. I think that was where the inverted commas dissent
1: came from. Right. Because, um, because it did change the old game, and to be honest, Ajax were looking pretty comfortable for a while. Right? It was.
2: I thought Chelsea yeah. were in it from the beginning, and they had was it two disallowed goals. Uh, was it in the end? Yeah, Ch- uh, Abraham had one disallowed,
1: and Aspillaquest. It, it just it shows well. what a bonkers Gym, game Gym, it was. When I, we can't
2: remember look, what, <laughs> anything yeah. that's
1: happened, what happened in what order. It changed so quickly because we we were watching it. Uh, and on 70 minutes we decided to switch, when it was 4-1 I think it was, yeah. we decided to switch over and watch the Liverpool game because mm. it was a bit closer, we thought it was going to be a bit more tense. Switched back 20 minutes later and we're like, oh we've made a grave, grave error here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable. <laughs> It's
2: madness, but what we can say about the Chelsea performance, red cards aside, which obviously hampered. They showed grit, man. Exactly, and what Lampard has done at Chelsea is he's built this team spirit and this kind of never say die attitude.
1: It's the first time that anybody kind of in my generation has actually liked Chelsea, who is yeah, a Chelsea fan. Yeah, completely. Uh, there, there, there are two teams my, my whole, well, not my whole life, but from the age of like nine or ten, which I've really loathed, right? yeah. And originally Because it was of Chel- two people, yeah. Abramovich and Dennis Wise. <laughs> <laughs> it was always Chelsea, and then it moved on to Man City, because I always felt like these clubs, they just represented money as opposed to, yeah. to homegrown successes sort of thing. And now I'm looking at Chelsea and I'm thinking, I really like you. Yeah, this is this is brilliant.
2: Are they the most entertaining team in the Premier League right now? Because you could argue that <sighs> City and Liverpool—they're both playing this expansive, dramatic attacking football—but there's something about Chelsea. The fact they've got these young players, the fact you never know how many goals they're going to concede—it's kind of got this
1: seat of yeah. the pantsness about it that I really like and find really entertaining to watch. I think what's so great about Chelsea is when you're watching City and Liverpool, you kind of know what's going to happen. With Chelsea, it's unwritten and it's just exciting seeing like a young player like Mason Mount pick up the ball mm. 20 yards outside and then just do something yeah it's mm. that's brilliant i love that the worrying news is mason mount could be injured for england's
2: next round of qualifying games which are next weekend Oh, no, we've got another not. international yeah. break Never another not? international break. Oh, problem. no. No one wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to play for England in them games anyway, but this is true. Uh, if um, you're going to look at any of the goals, if you haven't got time to watch all eight goals from last night, you want to watch Ajax's third goal, which was a free kick right from the right-hand side of the pitch. It was pretty much a corner. It was like practically a corner. A couple yeah. of yards away from a corner, and it was whipped into the top corner of the far <laughs> post. And it, it, was, it, was, it was either an amazing fluke or an absolutely
1: inspired goal, what are we going I'm, for? I'm going for a fluke for the fact that it came back, hit the keeper on the back of the head, yeah. and then went in. did. I that. think that was a hit fluke. It hit
0: square in the face. The, yeah, yeah. The square in the it face, wasn't like, it? Yeah, it, yeah. It was at, at some pace as well, because it thundered off the post. And if, if Kepper had been an inch higher in the air or an inch lower, it'd probably hit him on the forehead or the mm. chin and
2: not gone in it's almost an impossible it to score from and it just square in the mouth and it's hilarious it's, oh, love, it's, you love goals like it's that, brilliant um, I, I mean my kind of take on it was it's one of those hang on I've got my cliche bell he put it in the mixer it was one of those <laughs> he, was like, he was like I'm going to have a little pop up on target someone might get a touch and it might go in on the way through or if I get lucky it might go in the goal
0: I've seen Zayek do similar things before he has mad curl on the ball like he can whip things he's got one of the best free kick deliveries in Europe and he he genuinely going for that. He, I think he was going for the top corner to be fair to catch Kepper mm. out because he had no man on the post and what have you. Um, but yeah, obviously he gets lucky and it hits uh, Kepper in the face, which is hilarious. But yeah, for me, for me, the one thing that I learned from the Chelsea result last night is I was thinking about um, the longer term of Chelsea and when things because of what Lampard's done. Lampard has brought in all these young players. Mm. When results get tough and when things are a little bit not quite going your way, it will take a hell of a lot for those players to down tools because mm. the likes of Reese James, Fikayo Tomori, Mason Mount, Hudson-Odoi, Tammy Abraham, they've all been given a chance by Lampard. Mm-hmm. So when things, well, let's say they're fighting for fourth and other teams might... Sort of capitulate. Remember the end of Mourinho when at Man United when players just stopped playing for him. It's it's not. I don't think it'll be like that. Going to play for Chelsea. as well. Yeah, because they'll remember. Like, hang on, things aren't going well. But this guy gave us a chance. If Mm -hmm. it wasn't for us, we'd be probably out on loan again under Sarri. We'd definitely be out on loan under Sarri if he was still there, because he doesn't have any youth policy to bring through. But when things, it's just like when you're in the trenches, so to speak. Uh, and fighting for something, those young players are gonna have so much fight and spirit for Lampard that they will they
2: will grind out results. It to feels like 80. they could do something. It might not be this season. Yeah, is it certainly in the future? They're only they gonna get better. Only they only get better. Are they just
1: reaping the rewards? Rewards a little bit here of that kind of Chelsea policy, which people quite kind of dislike for a few years of. Getting and gathering no, most of the no. young players and hoovering up youth, them up and loaning them out. Let's not pretend this is any kind of plan. No, no, I know, I know there's no mm-hmm. plan behind this, but it's worked out quite nice for them because all these players, compared to look yeah. at the Man United youngsters, the Arsenal youngsters, these players have played a lot more first team football last season away at different. But it's clubs. luck more than judgment. It's kind but, of a snoring. But it doesn't matter. It's come, come. It's come good United. for them, hasn't it? Yeah, it's worked out. Unfortunately, because it just
2: means they're going to carry on doing it, isn't it? No, no. Once the transfer bans ended, hey. Chelsea, my second <laughs> favourite team now. Come on. <laughs> uh, let's talk briefly about Liverpool as well, who were also in action in the Champions League last night. A typically relentless Liverpool performance. I think that's kind of becoming their trademark. They're just winning by any means, and it was another 2-1 win for them. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the interesting thing for me was um, Klopp's been saying for the last few weeks, uh, I'm not looking at that Man City game. I'm not looking ahead. I'm just taking one game at a time. Yeah. And then last night, he... he Rested Mane, he rested <laughs> Robertson, he rested uh, Lovren, Firmino, Henderson. Yep. they all were given a break.
2: So clearly, he had one eye on the yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. I'm not blaming. I him. I mean, they they dominated the game. Yeah, it's fair to say that then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not
0: blaming him for for looking ahead, but to to go out you consistently say I'm not looking I'm not looking ahead, not looking ahead, and then dropping like three players so they could have a rest at a Sunday, hmm.
1: like. When's a football manager ever meant what they said? Yeah, exactly,
2: yeah. If you were Pep Guardiola watching that game last night and maybe watching Liverpool's previous games as well, how would you feel about the game at the weekend? Because Liverpool are winning and winning by any means at the moment, but at the same time, nine games now, only one clean sheet in those nine games. City fans, despite their injuries have a little bit of optimism going into the I game. I think
1: looking at the City-Liverpool games last season, what City did to Liverpool last season was cruel, really, wasn't it? Beating mm-hmm. them and then, you know, they didn't lose to anybody else, Liverpool, did they? So I've, that's a nice bit of confidence that you take into that game. But you would be worried because no doubt, I think Liverpool have got greater form going into the game than Man City have. So it's going to be interesting. Game of season, won't it? Obviously, we'll be previewing
2: the Liverpool City game properly this weekend, Saturday morning podcast. It's a little bit longer than the others, and we talk about all the games ahead of the weekend. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast; so you get that when it's ready. The big news for Liverpool right now is fixture congestion because it's now been confirmed that they're going to play two games in 24 hours, <laughs> in completely different parts of the world. They're going to face Aston Villa in the Caribou Cup quarterfinal, 17th of December, and then on the 18th of December, it's crazy this, in Qatar, they're going to be playing the World Cup, sorry, the World Club Cup, or Club World Cup semi-final, as well, against an opposition TBC, I think it is, isn't it? They haven't decided who that's going to be yet. Yeah, there's, um, so
0: they go straight in at the semi-final stage, um, and the quarterfinal is, I think it's Al-Sad, who Xavi manages. Mm. Uh, in that Qatari club, um, and they play the winners of the Australia Champions League and the South American Champions. I mean,
2: League, for if I you're a, if you're a Liverpool fan, your <laughs> your interest is in the Caribou Cup, isn't it? But at the same time, ah, uh, I
1: don't know because do you, you reckon you only play even the teams that Marley just mentioned. Yeah, but don't matter. You only play in the FIFA World Club Cup if you win the Champions League, and that doesn't happen. We won it last often, year. I don't know, I don't Exactly. <laughs> I know, I know but, 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 but it's an interesting trophy. It's an interesting trip, you know what I mean? What we were talking about last night is... It was Real Madrid, by the way. Was it Real Madrid? Yeah. What, <laughs> we... Up, <laughs> what we were talking about last night is, if, if you're Klopp, do you take a risk and put a strong team either in the, in the Carabao Cup or in the World Club... What is it called? FIFA World Club, club? World Cup. Whatever it's called, yeah. <laughs> That's how good it is, Jim. Um... <laughs> So do you put do you put a strong team in one of them and play play a youth team basically in the other? Would you mix and match, or do you mix and match? That's that's going to be. So, do you know what? I think this is a blessing in disguise for Klopp because that could be so interesting. I mean, if, you would never do that. If otherwise. any club is equipped to cope with these two fixtures within two days with
2: two separate squads, it's probably Liverpool. They've probably got yeah. one of the strongest squads in the Premier League right now. Mm. But the thing is. I was thinking
0: about this the other day, and I was thinking, why don't they? They only really need to take eleven players, but they they don't because the Club World Cup is two games, so they play. They go in as they set in, as I just said. But they in could fly the
2: play extra players for the second game. Uh, Potentially, yeah. It's,
0: it's just that first game which is a problem, yeah. isn't it? So oh, it's it's a weird, it's a strangely formatted system. So Al Sadd will play in the quarter-final before Liverpool get to to get there. They'll play the winner of the Australian... um, the, I think it's the... Who? Con-Con-Ball thing, so it's who, like, who is the winner of the Australian Champions League? Well, they haven't won it yet, so the, oh, fi- not? the final is the end of this month. So right. f- so the way they work... Who's <laughs> in it? I couldn't tell you, mate. It was... I think it's like, I don't know, Perth, Gloria or someone. Right. But basically, so they'll play al Sadd, and then Al-Sad will play Liverpool, and then Liverpool, if they win, will go into the final, where the most likely winner is the the winner the winner of the South American Champions League mm-hmm. which is either I think River Plate, River Plate. or uh, a Mexican team I think um, so basically River Plate are probably the other the other winner the other strongest side so then they'll play in the final so Liverpool have got to be out there for probably about 10 days or a week maybe
1: that's a great game so to play in a final against basically, River Plate yeah basically, be brilliant. it'd be an
0: amazing game but they, basically they've got to take the first team to that and then leave the kids behind to try
2: and deal with Villa in the cup. It does feel like there needs to be more concern. I mean, Liverpool are a victim of their own success here, and they're playing, let me get this right, I've got it written down in front of me, 12 games over <laughs> 37 days between November the 23rd and January the 2nd. So fixture congestion is insane for them, but they are victims of their own success. So what, which way do you look at it? Do you go, if you're the governing bodies, do you go, we need to make this easier for the clubs? Because there are dominant clubs in each league, that will have these scenarios where they're playing across all competitions? Or do you go,
1: well, do you know what? Suck it up, Liverpool, and prioritise what you want to win. Suck it up. And Liverpool have said, yeah, we will suck it up as well. They've come out with a press statement saying... Right, fine. Let's think about well, they it. They said it man. was impossible first, didn't they? <laughs> and then they went, "All right, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do it." No, so, yeah. So, once, so. once he didn't back down, they were like, <laughs> "Oh no, <laughs> just go for it." If I was, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be loving that run of games. Imagine yeah. watching my team play so many times in 37 days. That's how brilliant. How it
2: affects the Premier League title race, though. I mean, that is City's opportunity to really steal a march, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're a fan, happens. by
2: the way, if you're a Liverpool fan, you can do both games. If you go to Aston Villa to watch the Caribou Cups <laughs> final. You can then get a uh, hotel in Birmingham... Fly out from Birmingham Airport at 7.50 the next morning. That lands in Doha at 5.30. Yeah, have you seen how much that time. flight costs? That's 700 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got three hours before
1: kickoff as well, which oh. is
2: just enough time to get through what, and stuff. What an it? adventure. Do it. Yeah, do it. do it. If you're a Liverpool fan, do it and tell us how it goes. You know, if
1: you are going to do it, get in touch with a podcast because we want to hear from you. Yeah,
2: definitely. 100% you can do it via our Twitter account at the Sports Social. Find it there. Right, tonight's Champions League games, very quickly, because we're running out of time and it's two fixtures that I don't think even... If if you're a Tottenham or a Man City fan, you're going to be that interested in. Red Star Belgrade versus Tottenham, Atla- Atalanta, which I struggled with when they played last time as well, versus Manchester City as well. Two wins for the Premier League clubs out of those two?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, was it 5 0 Tottenham in the reverse fixture and um, City won 5 yeah. 1 at home? And, so And obviously, there are away fixtures. Away yeah, fixtures are much more yeah, difficult. Yeah, more difficult. But... I think they'll be a little bit more, they'll be a bit cagier, but. I don't I don't anticipate anything else happening. Mm. Um like you saw with Man United going to Partizan Belgrade, um Red Star's an horrible place to go. Mm. I've seen a game at Red Star against a nobody in that league and it it felt... Is
2: as intimidating as it once was? Yeah, being. yeah,
1: because because you're walking past so many um armed police, uh then you're basically going through tunnels to get through to your seat, and as you're going through the tunnels you've got murals of basically Fighters with Kalashnikovs staring you down barrel. It is scary. Wow. Then you get behind the goal. There's no seats, so you stand in, which is great. Uh, and then you miss the first kind of 40 minutes of the game for a residue of red smoke. You don't oh, wow. see anything, you just hear basically. This horrible chant and this grumble. This sounds like exactly the kind of game that Spurs might lose. <laughs> to be <laughs> you know, honest with you, it's not a nice place to go. But I think I think Spurs will have a bit more on the pitch. Um, same with City away in Italy. Um, Atlanta—they've they've done well in Serie A, but I think it's just too much for them. So yeah, two two English victories. I think
2: you agreeing with that,
0: Marley? Uh, not not entirely, um, because Red Star have picked up some good wins at home. Now they beat Olympiacos. Uh, in the in the group stage, and I'm just looking at the table now. Spurs are on four, and Red Star are on three. So this is like a massive chance for yeah. Red Star. They they this is almost like almost a must shoot, win the shootout well, of getting though. through. Yeah. So I mean, Spurs have still got to go to Bayern. So assuming they they won't win that, you know, you've got to you've got you've got that second round of fixtures. So they they need to get a result there. Mm. Um, it's an intimidating place to go. That if you look on. I'm sure on social media today there will be something saying that uh, the classic video of um, walking down the players tunnel at uh, <laughs> yeah, Red yeah, Star, yeah. and it's like a, it's like an underground bunker, and it's got um, it's got graffiti on the walls, and it's it's the most intimidating thing ever. However, what people want want won't tell you is that that's been refurbished and it's much nicer now. Oh, right. That's yeah, it. so it, really yeah it's a complete... Like a tunnel club, oh, like a cheese room. Uh, it's, not, it's not quite that good, but it's uh, it's nowhere near as, as but intimidating
1: you, you wanna as intimate You want to see looks. when you're getting on the bus from the city centre in Belgrade to get to the Red Star Stadium. Yeah. That's just as intimidating as the stadium yeah. itself.
0: Uh, once, you, once you get out on the pitch, you've got all the fans and stuff as well, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's not a, it's not an easy place to go, cliche, but um, yeah, Spurs, Spurs need to. It's a real test for them. Brief word test. on Manchester
2: City. Obviously, the interesting part there, you do expect them to win, like you say, five one, the return fixture. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting squad selection for Pep Guardiola because City yeah. have a lot of injuries to cope with at the moment. They've got Liverpool at the weekend, so finally, we might see a few more of the young talented city players getting a shout
1: phil foden you'd expect yep. to start for one
2: i think tommy doyle will, will probably get some pitch time i don't
0: know whether he'll start or or whatever isn't
1: but... phil foden suspended for this he is he very unlikely he's gonna he start
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely he'll be on the plane he hasn't even traveled um but yeah i mean they should have too much for atalanta um atalanta as well they're not playing at their home stadium they're playing the games in milan at the, uh, I think it's at the San Siro. Really? I think Wh- so, why is that? Uh, something to do with Atalanta
2: stadium isn't good enough. Isn't Some Champions League ready, the various yeah. criteria they have, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's they've played three, lost three, Atalanta. I expected them to be a bit better. I expected them to be as good as, if not better, than Dinamo Zagreb. Um, but Zagreb is sat there with tracked on four points and Atalanta haven't got any, so you can't really see that changing, especially even if it's against Man City's sort of mixed squad. I still can't see them
2: getting getting anything. We'll find out tomorrow how they get on on the Football Social Daily podcast. The team will be talking about those games and whatever other Premier League news breaks over the next 24 hours. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. Make sure you subscribe so you get all our podcasts as soon as they're ready. Marley, Stefan, nice one. Cheers. No problem. We'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.